Welcome back to another episode of Ghoulin' Around. I am your host, Joanne, and with me is... Loretta. Jason's not here today because we're going to be doing a book review. Uh, he hasn't had time to read it, uh, but it's definitely a newer book. Um, just came out in October of 2015, so it's pretty new, not very widely known. Uh, it's called The Boy Who Draws Monsters by Drew Monsters, Drew Monsters by Keith Donahue. Um, so this was a book that I found um, just randomly and bought it and started to read it. Um, we got some different characters. We've got uh, Jack Peter, who's the main character, who's the little boy, his friend Nick, and his parents Holly and Tim. And then of course we got some side characters going on and stuff. So Loretta, you want to kind of just give us like a brief summary about the book and kind of what happened? So the so the basis of this book is is um, Jack Peter is they've been trying to diagnose the parents been trying to get him diagnosed with different types of um, ailments one of them at first was autism then they kind of went to Asperger's so they're kind of not sure what's going on with Jack Peter um, so he goes he, he likes to draw and he just draws all the time so basically his drawings come to life and they start seeing this monster that he's drawing um, come to find out towards well at the end of the book everything kind of falls in place it's kind of a little scattered at first I had to read it twice to actually kind of put everything into place um, but as you get to the end, everything comes together. He's drawing a monster to come in to kill his best friend, Nick, which a couple years earlier had tried to drown Jack Peter. And it ends up that Nick had actually ended up drowning himself. And Jack Peter has been drawing him every day to keep him alive and Jack Peter just wants to stop drawing Nick every day so that he can be alive. Mm -hmm. Exactly so when when Jack and uh, Nick were about seven years old they, they went on a vacation no, not really vacation because they lived down in Maine. to the beach yeah they just went down to the beach um, Jack Peter being um, on the on the spectrum there of course, he, he understands certain things, but he doesn't understand the emotional side of things. So he does bring up a very emotional thing with Nick. Nick Correct. gets very upset and tries to drown him in the beach. Um, the both boys ended up going under. And um, of course, we do find out at the end that Nick is actually, he did drown. And um, uh, Jack, you know, wanting his friend to be around, started drawing him every day just to have his friend but after you know so many years uh, the boys are now 10 years old um, Jack's tired of drawing him and it's not that he doesn't like his friend he doesn't love his friend but he's just tired of doing so and that's why he created this monster and he also created other drawings and stuff to try to scare Nick and try to get at Nick uh, because he doesn't want to do this anymore right and of course, um, his parents, uh, Holly, his mother, and then Tim is his dad, they don't really understand what's going on. Um, his father, Tim, starts uh, actually 
seeing this this white man running around in the snow and he's confused and he tries to take after him a few times on foot doesn't really work out um, on top of this you know Jack with his with him being on the spectrum is also extremely scared to leave the house at this point yeah he's an agoraphobic at this point because he is afraid to leave the house and I and I'm not really sure where the agoraphobic comes into play with the drawing or the monster maybe he's scared to go outside because he's drawing the monster but it's it's to the point of when he has to go to his doctors it's not just afraid of being out of the house they have to literally wrap him up in a blanket so he cannot see or hear pretty much anything as they're taking him to the doctor so that's kind of a little beyond agoraphobic yeah yeah he he's kind of suffers on that quite a bit and he, he even like when when the book kind of jumps back and forth between the characters, you kind of get like an insight to all of them as well. And you kind of get this, um, when it ju jumps to Jack Peter, he's just, you know, he doesn't understand emotions. He doesn't understand why people are frustrated with him. And uh, he doesn't understand the problem of the monsters. Yeah, he he's knows not that they're monsters. Yeah, he just doesn't understand the emotions behind everything. Um, so... I can completely understand that with, you know, somebody who's on the spectrum, I don't think they could have done this with a normal individual. Correct. Because, of course, they're going to understand what's right and what's wrong. Right. Whereas Especially Peter, at that age, you know, exactly. they do start getting to understand the normal of growing up and knowing what is to be done and what is to be said. But with, you know, a child like that, depending on their severity. Yeah. Exactly, and so you kind of get that understanding and kind of background with him, and you, you really, you understand he's doing bad, but you feel bad for him because you don't, he doesn't understand it. Right. Um, so with all of that said, everybody kind of has like their own thing going on. Uh, Nick's got his own kind of background story, and he, he sees a lot more of Jack's drawings and kind of understands them a little bit more. Um, he does find out that if uh, Jack rips up the piece of paper of his drawing, then it rips disappears. Rips them up or burns them too because yeah. the, um, Tim, the, the father, had gone around and like gathered up a bunch of the drawings and threw them in the fireplace at the mom's behest when yeah. she figures it out at the end. So either any way of destroying the pictures, it can actually... Um, get rid of whatever it is that he has drawn exactly and it's it's so funny I thought it was hilarious when Nick's going through the house and there's just drawings everywhere, everywhere. there's drawings under mattresses under rugs I mean Jack's got pictures just hidden all over the house his parents don't even realize right and at the end uh, his mother Holly finds in his toy box just thousands at least a thousand pictures drawn of of nick mm -hmm. of him being at school and you know him doing stuff with, with his, his parents, parents. And yes so then she finally clicks on at the end that oh crap you know right. nick's actually dead um we'll get to the ending here in a minute we won't spoil it too too soon <laughs> yeah but uh so then, of course, you've got Tim. Uh, his father's got a little bit of background. Um, he's very uh, 
lenient. Very lenient with his son, but he, he tries very hard to understand his son more yes. as well. Um, so he's almost, he still has like a part-time job, but he's like more of like a stay-at-home dad, caretaker for his son. And his, his side story is he's seeing this white man everywhere. And he's constantly going outside to chase him and leaving Jack Peter in the house. Um, then on, on that, there's Holly's story, which um, we'll get to in a second about what we think about it. But <laughs> her story is she's, she's super frustrated with Jack Peter at this point because she wants a child she can hold and love and she can't do that. Um, and he gets, you know, he, she tries to wake him up and he and punched she, her. Yeah, because she touched him and yep. he, and it, and it was not something that, you know, and, and if anybody knows anything about autism or, you know, the spectrum of any kind of child disease like that, well, I guess, I guess it's not child disease because they do grow up, but, mm -hmm. um, sometimes they are very non-physical and if you do get do touch they can get very violent with you yeah and he, of course you know jack peter doesn't understand that it's wrong but of course you know holly's very frustrated at this point um she starts kind of going back into her routine that she kind of grew up in in her religion and start going to the catholic church again she um kind of befriends the the catholic priest there and his housekeeper who's like a japanese housekeeper that kind of plays into the story a little bit about telling her ghost stories and different type of ghosts and they all have like different names and what they do uh, according to like japanese lore um so that's how she starts kind of piecing stuff together about jack later right. on and also the the japanese housekeeper um is also on the same spectrum as jack peter and she kind of how she kind of helps uh, holly yeah because she can see what's going on with jack peter oh yeah she knew right away that nick was a drawing he was not right, yeah she right. knew as soon as she was at the house she just knew and, and right. talking with him and stuff so she just kind of she didn't want to shove it in holly's face to shock them yeah but she wanted to lay hints here and there to try to help holly get to that point eventually where she understands exactly what's going on with jack peter exactly um and then of course with holly's background story her side story that's going on is she starts um investigating this old ship that had uh, gone down in the the main land the uh, in Maine in the beach not on mainland but in Maine <laughs> I can say that ten times fast but anyway she she's like obsessed she gets obsessed with this ship and she starts hearing like the voices of the drowned that reached out to them or reached out to her and she she's thinking of this she's dreaming about it she gets kind of obsessed with it um, now we've already had this discussion so i cannot wait to tell our viewers here in case they do read that this shift story i feel had nothing to do with anything <laughs> nothing whatsoever they could have left this whole part out with the sunken ship in the harbor or the beach area and the book would have been fine there yeah. there was i don't see the point of putting it in there no at, at all, all. 
Uh, I'm not quite sure if we were just missing a piece about it. So I mean, if uh, anybody actually has read or does read and kind of can put it together, feel free to kind of hit us up here on Facebook or anything else or in Spotify, wherever you're listening to us. Right. Hit reach, us a message and let us, us know. Yeah. Because uh, we we just didn't see the point of this background. The only the only thing that I can think. I is, mean, she was going online and doing research on yeah. this particular ship. Was really like you said, getting very obsessive with it. Mm-hmm. And the only part that it really really played into it was her connection with the the Catholic priest and his housekeeper but you could have had that connection without that background ship sinking story right so that made no sense to me um so (laughs) when we kind of go through this uh, book there's different incidences with Jack Peter's drawings so Loretta I have to ask you what part quote-unquote, was the scariest drawing he has done. Oh. I don't think I've thought of that. You don't think you've thought of that? Okay, well, I'll tell mine. I think probably the scariest drawing that he did that would scare me was when Nick opened his closet and saw his dead parents hanging in the closet that were dead and still moving around and had drowned. (laughs) Knowing that they were going to go on a cruise. Yeah. Um, I think probably the scariest one that I can say would be when the two boys came down from the bedroom and they were soaked because... Jack he, Peter had drawn the house the, underwater. The house underwater because they're on the beach, mm-hmm. you know, with you know high tide and stuff, or you know tsunami that kind of thing. But then when they go up there, you know, there's no sign of the the room being flooded. And I think that was actually that would scare me if it was my kid, because you would know he got wet somehow. The room has little places where it looks like there was water coming in but I think he was trying to drown Nick mm-hmm. in the room but he was also see, so detached from feelings I think he would have drowned himself with him right yeah I that was a that was a good one um, my my hard one was picking between the closet and the, the babies all over the house oh god <laughs> the babies crying huh I was like you know from Nick's standpoint, I think that the babies would have been, would have been the scariest. Yes. So, kind of part of the story, Nick's parents. Um, Nick's <laughs> parents are. Are we gonna get into the whole thing? Yeah, uh, I'll dabble on it. Okay. <laughs> so Nick's parents um, tried are to get Holly and Tim's best friends. Yeah. First of all. Yeah, and they tried to after Nick was born, they tried to have another baby. Um, it was a stillborn. Correct. And so when they explained it to Nick, of course he's very young when this happened, um, he, he told Jack Peter, and of course Jack Peter not understanding the emotion behind it, drew these, these babies crawling over the wall. Um, later on, guess what? We find out that um, Tim slept with Nick's, Nick's mother, mom, and Nick is most likely 
uh, Jack Peter's brother. Right, because as they're having their little sleepover over Christmas break, they were kind of laying down on the floor in the living room watching TV or something, and the mom, uh, Holly, was saying that they could be twins. They yeah, look, they look, they so, look alike. so alike. And when they describe Nick's dad, it right. just wouldn't seem like the mom and the dad would have a kid that looks like somebody else's. Yeah. Because they, they don't, you know, they're not related in any way, the, the parents of Nick or Jack Peter. They're just best friends. Right. And, and Holly knows about the whole incident at the end. Right. She knew about it. She still, you know, stayed with um, Tim and course, and, you know, they had Jack Peter. And, of course, splitting up a, a marriage with a, a kid on the spectrum would be just devastating, I can believe. I can't imagine how, like, actual families go through that. And we actually find out that when Tim does have the affair with Nick's mom, it was right before they right before Holly gets pregnant with Jack yeah. Peter, and they were both pregnant at the same time. Th those kids are just a couple of months apart. Right. So it could actually potentially be Tim's kid. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. So anyway, with, with that aspect, what I was talking about with the babies, so Jack Peter uh, draws these babies, just, I mean, hundreds of them, little babies that wailing were babies. wailing and screaming <laughs> and crying and crawling all over the walls. Um, when Nick wakes up because he hears something, he opens up the bedroom window and looks outside the bedroom and you just see all these babies on the side of the house and they start trying to crawl towards the window to get inside of the house and, I mean, Nick was terrified i mean he went screaming and crying to holly which yeah. isn't even his mother well he was over there for the the for holiday the, yeah and i hit that scared the shit out of him yeah <laughs> and i can imagine being at that age that would have scared the shit out of me too oh yeah but of course like when now you know with my background you know i don't have the same background or anything i think that his parents hanging in this closet is right. scary to me it would be more scary to me in my aspect in my world but, but when you were younger the babies crawling oh God, all over yeah. and screaming would be yeah would be hell terrifying no. i'd be picking up a hatchet and just start hacking <laughs> 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 um <coughs> so, so basically Jack Peter's drawing this monster or these things for Nick to see to scare him, to make him not want to be alive anymore, mm -hmm. is basically what it is. It's to scare him into wanting to not be around anymore so that Jack Peter doesn't have to draw him anymore because yeah. he's just so tired of drawing Nick. Exactly. So... Now we're kind of like, oh wait, I have one last thing I need to ask you before we come to the end of this book. I wanted to ask you, what do we think about Jack Peter's parents? Mine, I was like, when I was reading it, I was like, you know what? Holly's kind of a bitch. <laughs> they are on the very opposite ends oh, yeah. of um, child rearing because 
she's wanting to be and especially with a child in that manner of having you know the disability that he does she just wants a normal kid period that's it she wants to treat him like a normal kid and with yeah you can't and then you've got the total opposite end where the dad is making excuses for him and not treating him he treats him good it's just he doesn't treat him good as far as trying to push him push him and make him do things and make him listen and make him learn mm-hmm. he's too lenient where she's on the you know she's just so strict right and and that's got to be even a harder thing for a child of autism or Asperger's um, to be able to be raised by two different parents like that you know there's got to be a medium in the middle there somewhere where they could meet to where it could be some strict stuff some lenient stuff this is okay to be lenient on this is not Mm -hmm. you know type of thing yeah exactly so uh, the way that I kind of saw his parents of course the very beginning of the book with Holly I just I just automatically labeled her a bitch and I was like I do not like her I do not like her as a mother I do not like her as a mother for somebody with a disability Um, I was like I was done with her (laughs) I was done with her real quick and of course um, the way his dad treats him I was like that is pure love for his child right no matter what complications his child has or what he comes with that was just 100 percent pure love for his child and but it's also a little too soft for well, a parent yes. with somebody with a disability i mean with any child period but even yeah. one with it the you know the the disability that he has yeah and absolutely but he was just so more understanding so much more of a lovable character right. and everything like that which you really don't see too often in books because usually the mother's the very lovable one yes the and dad's, the dad's usually the abusive the strict, yeah exactly or you know strict and you know or very off-putting so i liked that they kind of switched up the role a little bit um but yeah, I, I really liked his dad and the way, even the way his dad treated Nick. Oh yeah. Even not knowing that that's his kid or even, he didn't even have the slightest like idea that, oh, that could possibly be my kid. I didn't kid. find that he was no. very bright. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even have like that, like suspicion that this could possibly be my child. Um, but he and treated I think, Nick so well too. And I think even though they don't say it in the book, I think that they, they, they're hints that Holly even thinks that that may be his child. Mm-hmm. And Nick's mom at the end. Oh, yeah. Not your kid. Mine. Never your kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think pissed. she might know that that's actually Tim's kid. And I think that's why she said it that way. Yeah. Um, so then with that said, when we talk about the parents, then we'll come to the end here. So... At the very end, of course, uh, Jack Peter finally ventures outside with Nick because they're trying to run from this monster, and they both end up in the beach and in the water, in the water again, again, and drowning. 
Um, so they take him to the hospital. Um, Jack Peter's okay, but um, Nick's now in a coma. And this is when Holly finally picks up on, finds the pictures and picks up on the pictures and she's like, oh my gosh. And at the very end, she sits Jack Peter down and she says, you are going to draw him forever and just does not give him a choice. Right. And of course, that goes right to her being a bitch. And two, I understand it. I understand she doesn't want her, her best friend's kid to die, and especially when it's kind of Jack's fault a little bit. I mean, it's not really many of their faults or kids, you know, whatever. Right, right. But she's just, nope, you're going to do this, and Nick is going to live, and you're going to draw him all the time. Yeah. And I can't, it, that's exactly right where the book ends, and I can't imagine if there's like a sequel. You know, how, I kind of I kind of wish there, there would be be a sequel to this just to see if Jack Peter works through his issues of not wanting to draw all the time or if he ends up resenting yeah. I would love to see another book come yeah. out and, and continue Jack Peter's story absolutely especially with him coming like growing up to being an adult a now teenager would, yeah going through the teenager stuff yeah but um yeah, I, I, I thought this book was really good for a just find-on-the-fly type thing. It was definitely not something that was recommended, or I just kind of saw it and said, hey, that looks interesting. Let's pick that yeah. up. <laughs> so with that said, um, it's got some gore in it. It's definitely got the horror aspect. It's right. Kinda it's got, got some, monsters. It's, it's got, got monsters, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, it's got some love affairs and <laughs> yeah it's got all kinds of stuff and of course before I get to our five-star rating here at the end uh, Loretta would you want to see this as a movie oh you know what I don't think I thought about it when I was reading the book but that might be kind of fun as a movie to do mm-hmm I was thinking about that too I was thinking all oh, the baby scene would just be fantastic with nowadays like right. kind of yeah. uh, CG and stuff um, that part where he finds his his parents hanging in the closet reminded me a hundred percent of that uh, scene from it when they open up the closet oh, right. and the girls hanging and there and the girls hanging from yeah <laughs> that was a hundred percent what was in my mind and I was like I know we can do that in cinema <laughs> <laughs> So I think this would actually be very interesting to put into a movie aspect and hopefully they'll leave out the ship part. <laughs> Unless there is a connection and you right. know it, it actually needs to be in there but it, like I like we said at the beginning when we were talking about that we didn't find the connection for it so they could leave that out in our minds. Right. Um, so now getting to the end of the conversation. So Loretta, how many stars out of five? I would give it a four because I enjoyed reading it. It it skipped and bumped and hiccuped in a few spots. That's why I had to go back and listen to it mm -hmm. more than once because it was like, wait a minute, what? Wait, this? Wait, well, I was here. Now I'm here. What's this? So I had to go back and listen to it again. A couple of times to actually like put it all together in the in the way it was supposed to be but other than that I think it was really well written 
Yes, I think he did a pretty good job. Um, I think mine is a 4.5 out of five, 4.5 out of five stars. Can't talk today. Um, but the only reason why I it got that was because, of course, with me picking this book up randomly, I had absolutely no type of expectation for this book of being any good. Because um, a lot of books that you just randomly pick right. up that aren't really like recommended or anything like that, you're you don't have a high. And you don't know about the author either. Exactly. You and don't know what they write, how they write. Mm-hmm. And so I, I had low expectation going into it, so I think that's why it kind of exceeded my star review a little bit because I was not expecting it to be as good as it was. I think the the only reason why I wouldn't give it like the five was because of course we're not see, we're not seeing how that ship story kind of right. gets worked into everything because you could have roped in those characters with not even having that story so right you could have had the whole storyline without having that in there and everything still would have fallen in place and everything still would have made sense mm -hmm, exactly um, so I do um, highly recommend uh, getting this book if you like to read um, of course the book is out and then of course if you're doing like uh, you like to listen to books like uh, Loretta here does it is on Audible, um, so I actually sat down and read it, so I haven't actually heard it. So usually the person when you hear that it, it's a narrate, bit yeah, the person that narrates it is pretty good though too. So oh, I do hi. like, it, and and that's hard because sometimes you do get readers or the narrators that you just don't click with. Right. You really have to have the right narration um, when you're doing like an audible book because, you know, that's why I hated Rosemary's Baby so much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it was just so bland. Um, but yeah, highly recommend. Um, it's only about, it's 288 pages. So, I mean, it's not a giant book. It's not something no, small. No, I think but I it's listened just about to it in like a day and a half. Yeah, I don't know how long the audiobook is. I think it's, if I had to guess, around 14 to 15 hours. Um, but it is 288 pages. I know that for sure. But uh, I do recommend it. How about you? I would recommend it because it. I mean, even if it's not, you know, up to date or anything, it it was a cute story and a stage magician. It's a very cute story, and um, I was messing with their phone over here. <laughs> yeah, I am. So so sorry about that. Um, it's a cute story, and it was not really um, a plot of anything that I'd ever like heard or listened to mm -hmm. it was different it was different and I and I like different we like different you know something that's different um, so that's one of the reasons why I would suggest it just because it is something different but right. other than that I liked it and I would highly rec recommend anybody to read it because it's cute. Yeah, it is cute. Um, so that is all we've got for you guys today. I'm glad that we got to share another book. Um, but uh, I hope you keep on listening to us and uh, keep ghouling around. <laughs>